So Spot On is one of the sponsors of this show because I love what it is they do. Today I'm chatting with the restaurateur in residence over at Spot On. His name is Scott Euclid. He has been a restaurant operator and owner for many, many years before switching over to the restaurant tech space. He brings a lot of perspective and insights to the table. I can't wait for you to hear this conversation. Don't go anywhere. There's an old saying that goes something like this. You'll only find three kinds of people in the world. Those who see, those who will never see, and those who can see when shown. This is Restaurant Strategy, a podcast with answers for anyone who's looking. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in. My name is Chip Close and this is Restaurant Strategy, a podcast dedicated solely to helping you build a more profitable restaurant. Each week I leverage my 20 plus years in the industry to help you build that more profitable and more sustainable restaurant. I also work with owners and operators all over the world through my P3 Mastermind program. What are the three P's? They stand for profit, process, and progress. If you struggle to generate consistent, predictable 20% profit, then please set up a free call with me or someone from my team. We'll get to learn more about you and your restaurant. You'll get to learn more about the program. You can see if you're a good fit for the program. The call is totally free to get started. Visit restaurantstrategypodcast.com slash schedule. You'll set up a call. We'll chat and we'll go from there. Again, if you struggle to generate consistent profit, if you're still in single digits, there is a better way. We'd love to chat with you about it. Set up that call. The link is in the show notes. Thousands of restaurants across the country use Kickfin to send instant cashless tip payouts directly to their employees' bank accounts the second their shift ends. It's a really simple solution to a really big problem. Because let's face it, paying out cash tips to your workers day after day, shift after shift, it's kind of a nightmare. Tedious tip distribution takes managers away from work that matters. It's hard to track payments, which leads to accounting and compliance headaches. Plus, cash tip outs create the perfect opportunity for theft. And there's never enough cash on hand to pay out those tips, so managers are constantly making bank runs. Bottom line, there's never been a secure, efficient way to tip out until now. Meet Kickfin. Kickfin is an easy-to-use software that sends real-time, cashless tip payouts straight to your employees' bank accounts 24-7, 365. Tipping out with Kickfin gives managers and operators hours back in their day. It makes reporting a breeze and protects your business from mistakes and theft. And Guess what? Employees love it. So it's one of the best recruiting tools out there. Best of all, restaurants can have Kickfin up and running overnight. Employees can enroll in seconds, no hardware, no contracts, no setup fees. Get in touch today for a personalized demo and see how restaurants and bars across the country are tipping out with Kickfin. Visit kickfin.com slash demo. And yes, that link is in the show notes. Now, as I said at the top, my guest on today's show is the restaurateur in residence at Spot On. Spot On is a POS company and so much more. They're a sponsor of this show. My guest today is Scott Euclid. Scott, welcome to the show. Thanks, Chip. Uh, great, great to be here. Uh, always love meeting with it, chat, chatting with you. Yeah, listen, uh, we've we've connected a handful of times over the last uh, year or so, and we always have good conversations. Um, to start, right, before we get into spot on, before all of that, uh, I want you to tell me, uh, and really the listeners, uh, about some of your background, just to give them context so they have an idea of where you're coming from, what you do, what you've done. Um, so what brought you to spot on? What did you do before spot on? How long have you been with spot on? Uh, t- t- tell me all of that. Bring us up to speed. 
Right. Yeah. Um, so, uh, born and raised in Cincinnati, um, and I went to school at Indiana, and at, uh, around the, that time, 16, 18, I don't know, somewhere around being a youngster, still always wanted to open a restaurant. That was my dream. I was, I don't know why it came up. I mean, I have my, my inklings around why I wanted to do it, but I always wanted to own a restaurant. Uh, so I finished school at Indiana, and I was like, well, in the, and in the 90s, it was going to culinary school was the thing. And I figured that I didn't really want to own a business of my own without knowing the whole entire business. It just wasn't, it didn't feel right. And I had only at that time really had worked in the front of the house and kind of been doing, you know, the servers and all, all those roles as in the front of the house. Dab a little bit in the back house, but didn't really know how it actually works. So I was like, well, let's go to culinary school. So I went to Johnson and Wales and uh, put my time in there, and at the, and I was in Providence. And at the time, I was going back and forth between Providence and New York City. And my uncle was involved in the restaurants there, so I got to work at some awesome spots in Tribeca. One being the Odeon and his place, uh, which now is actually called Edwards. But and so I got this really cool look at being like you know culinary school, but then also like real life on the weekends and seeing like how these really high intense. Um, high volume restaurants are working uh, uh, but then I had to make a decision school is over do I stay in New York or what do I do and I decided actually moving to San Francisco would be the would be the thing to do so in 2000 I moved uh, out here still chasing that dream of opening a restaurant uh, and uh, I ended up line cooking for a couple years here you know being so close to where all the wine is you know the grapes are grown the wine is made the best ingredients in the world are being grown you know less than you know 100 miles and of all the things the farmers markets is just bursting and it's so inspirational to be a part and work for some great you know great chefs and then so it ended up that um by 2005 i'd actually figured, found a partner a good friend of mine and we opened our we we raised two hundred fifty thousand dollars. we found a spot in the mission district and we went for it we like all in i'm running the back of the house now he's running the front of the house and we we went for it i mean we a quarter of a million dollars and we got a thousand square foot spot and in 2005 we were now i finally reached the dream 29 years old and we opened our first restaurant and it was <laughs> it was something else. We, we were on a crazy street. We had we didn't know what we were really doing. Although we we were very you know we we loved it. We were very passionate about it, uh, and we got that thing going. It was seven days a week. As as most uh, people listening, I'm sure they open a restaurant. It's every day, all day, nonstop. And we put our heads down, and by the end of the year, we had uh, found ourselves being one of the best new restaurants in San Francisco. We won numerous awards, best brunch, and everything. It was it was such a great experience, and it opened a second restaurant in 2010, a third one in 2013. Um, and but by the end of 2013, uh, the first restaurant was called Maverick. Actually, had burned down. We actually had a major kitchen wow. fire. So 2013 was a weird year. Uh, I had three, and then we saw, um, the second one, which is called uh, Hog and Rocks, which opened in 2010, was booming. But the third one had, had not really gone off like exactly where I wanted to be. And and what I learned is you know how important it is to have a plan and have a concept and have all these things right. What it takes to actually open a restaurant, and it just didn't hit. And so I had. Friends of mine came in, came in, made an offer, we sold it, and by the end, by 2014, I was back to one restaurant. But I had my best year in 2014, 2015, 2016, well-oiled machine, everything happening. Um, things started to change again, and uh, um, by 2018, I had an offer 
to um, to kind of move move on. Um, I, a good friend of mine had raised a bunch of dough, wanted to go out on his own, so he made an offer, um, and I and I I went for it. Um, uh, I I exited. I, I took a position as as the or I took the opportunity as a way to maybe you know what this is it maybe this is i've done it i've been i've been doing this thing for a super long time uh maybe it's time to find some other passions so uh it ended up um selling and trying to figure out what was next and at at one point it was super relieving to be out and not to be uh answering and um being part of you know this massive uh, machine that we put together but it was also a great opportunity to go find other passions and one had been in restaurant tech and yep. I, I had been for the last 10 years really being in the hub of startups in san francisco and all yep. these new companies i mean i was I had, i'd been around and seeing them their growth and being part of um and so i really got hooked and then i was like i think this is this is really calling this is where i want to be and so yeah by um my i ended up at spot on Few years late, uh, just about a few years ago, I started with them and brought me on as a restaurateur in residence. Yeah, so talk to me about. I have so many questions. This is so great. I, I love your trajectory so far. Um, there aren't many companies that I know of that have a restaurateur in residence. So talk to me about what that is and what you do for Spot On. And we'll use that to, to talk about Spot On, uh, what it is as a company. And then we might backtrack a little bit because I, w- I want to go back and I want to dig a little bit deeper into some of the stuff you were talking about, uh, your time in San Francisco as a restaurateur. But, but first, talk to me a little bit about w- what a restaurateur in residence does. Right. Well, they brought me on as that, and the title is certainly, you know, being in, in residence or of anything, uh, you know, as it's it's an expert. And we, you know, we, our technology is, we're, we're selling to restaurants, we're talking to restaurants every day, and to have an expert, someone that actually had opened restaurants and been part of that world. Um, we had a lot of people, that, we have a lot, we do have a ton of people that work for Spot On that have have worked had some role in restaurants but no one maybe quite like myself um and so uh my initial kind of job description included um working with our advisory council so this is kind of elite group of clients of ours and restaurant owners group owners to you know kind of work with them and talk about roadmap and talk about you know what it take what does technology mean and how, how does it improve our lives in, in the restaurant world uh, and also start a brand ambassador program which really allowed me to talk to our clients and talk about you know uh, this world of what they live in these are maybe a little bit more of the the mom and pops independence um and get to speak to them uh and obviously build some business uh build our business through them uh, yep. through referrals and references but the cool part was is that i could get to talk to them and talk to restaurants every day still and yeah, put me yeah. and someone who's been in their shoes, it's a it's a much different kind of conversation than just some other guy from marketing. I totally agree. It's uh, one of the things uh, longtime listeners of the show uh, will recognize. I say this uh, just about every week. One of the uh, the true value that I think uh, someone like yourself brings to the show, brings to the audience, everybody listening, is just that, is that you get to peek behind the curtain of a lot of different restaurants. Um, I think uh, that offers a unique perspective. I think there's a lot of insights that gathered. So coupled with sort of your own experience and having gone through it now, being sort of one degree removed away and maybe being able to be a little bit more objective. I'm going to use that to, to talk briefly about, talk to me about 
what you think you did well, or I mean, you said by the end you, you were really humming along. The restaurant that you were running when it was down to just the one was sort of clicking on all cylinders. Things were growing great. It was your best year, you know, year over year over year. What is it that you sort of figured out? And then talk to me about how you, you know, sort of juxtapose that against what you do now. And when you watch, you know, other operators operate, talk to me about about that experience. Um, yeah, I mean, we, the thing, you know, I, I think when I, when I actually talk to people and what I learned is cause I, what I, I, I hear people struggling. I hear people killing it. I hear people, everything in between. And I think that, you know, what I try to talk about the things that I was successful in and not so much in like, oh, this is how you should do it. Uh, yep. because it's, I'm in a, I'm in a different market than they are. I have a different size restaurant. I have a different concept. I have all these things. But there's there seems to always be that like the same kind of construct that always comes together to make uh, whether it's a new restaurant opening or just just what makes a successful restaurant. And I think yep. it's it's got to have a plan. And you got you got to we we were various and you got to have a really solid concept and and the, and make it clear. Like I was thinking about like okay, well this is cool fusion of different ingredients and co countries coming together, but now the media wants to come in and taste it what it tastes good but like what is that like i yeah, don't even yeah. know what it is you know yeah and it's like no one can really talk about it so that means like now you're not getting good press you're not getting good not building up all these things and and you know and, and so th and that happened to me like and that that was kind of like we weren't really clear about what we were going to do and we set the expectations wrong for maybe pre in a, in a almost in a PR marketing kind of situation where we weren't very clear about what we were going to sell, what we were going to make, what the experience was going to be when they walk in that door. And yep. that, I, and, and I see that and I hear that. And I, I, I try to, you know, like boost them and say, Hey, it's going to be right. Why don't, you know, think about these things, you know, cause yep. I did yep. not. Yeah, I, I love that. I want to dig deeper in that, uh, but I want to come around to that because I want to give the listeners, again, uh, now they know a little bit more about you, your background. Um, talk to them about Spot On. Surely uh, people out there know Spot On. Um, this has sort of been a, been a, you guys have been a big deal um, on the market over the last five or six years. Um, certainly at trade shows, you got a strong presence. Um, in the market, you got a strong presence. Um, but maybe there are people who don't know the company. Maybe, and I'm guessing this is probably a lot of people, don't know all of the things you do. And I think it's it's really that the full suite of things that you guys do, which makes you um, so compelling um, as a product. It's one of the things that I love most uh, because it allows for consolidation uh, of the tech stack. Um, it's one of the reasons why uh, I would recommend you guys uh, long before you guys ever came and we started the relationship that we have uh, on this on this podcast. But I've loved what you guys do for a long time. So bring the listeners up to speed. What is Spot On? When did Spot On launch? What What is it you guys have done? How has the platform grown? And what is where is it now? Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we started uh, as a point of sale company in 2017. Um, so we've been around about six years and we're one of the few fully integrated restaurant management systems. We, we bring in all the products that a restaurant needs to run their business from online ordering to loyalty program to waitlist reservation system, um, payments, uh, contactless payments such as QR codes and ordering ta uh, handhelds, table side, all like literally all the things that a, a business 
a restaurant business would need. And um, and by and what we've noted and what what I didn't and kind of maybe even going back to what I didn't have, but what we what is available now is this ability to kind of reduce vendors, save save costs, but really bringing all these key pieces together so I can make really good decisions. I'm looking at data, I'm looking at customers, I'm looking at everything all kind of in one place. And then of course, when things, if something goes wrong, which we know technology does and nothing, nothing in the world is perfect, that if something does go wrong, I have one place to go and that's one company. I don't have to sit on phone with, oh, is this my payments company? Is this my online ordering? Yeah. Is this the da 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 da? I can. I have one place to call, one solution to fix everything. Yeah, and listen, I deal with that even with my own, with my iPhone, right? Like, uh, is it a is it a Google problem? Is it an Apple problem? Is it a like where is it a uh, uh, Verizon? Is it my my Wi-Fi connection? Where's the problem? So if there's one, everything under the the hood, there's a lot. Again, there's a lot. Everything you just mentioned <laughs> when I first came across spot on. Um, I remember seeing all the stuff that it does. It was like, oh, oh, it's like there's like everything here. But like, look at everything that comes in the box. That was obviously deliberate because you said there's a lot that restaurateurs need to be successful. Or like, how was that thing built? Because you said you started as a POS. Like, how did you start adding things, and how did you know what to add and what to what to do next? Um, you know what? No, that's a good question. I mean, one of the things we ended up. Um, Waitlist reservation system we did not build. We that was came through uh, an acquisition uh, with a Seat Ninja. Um, they were a su- successful company and uh, found you know had been uh, reaching out and had many other customers in the larger uh, big restaurant groups. We pulled them in, but the thing we saw with them, uh, what we wanted to bring to our restaurant owners was that it's uh, use it as a tool. There is no. There's no uh, fees per guest. There's no you know huge monthly fees. It's very affordable way, and we tr- almost look at it as like a tool, right? It's a way to uh, a restaurant owner can actually just I need to have a wait list. I need to bring in reservations. It's that's all I needed to do. I don't need it for marketing or anything. So that's one of those. Um, Another one being a labor management system. We brought them in. Uh, that was a company called Dolce um, that was acquired a couple years ago as well. And so we, we, we've been seeing this growing need over the last uh, three, five. I mean, labor issues have been going on for decades in the, in the restaurant business, but more so now where we really need to manage this um, from scheduling to um, editing and um, uh, time clocks and, and from... Uh, connections to payroll and all the things that are that sweet and that that software comes with is super powerful. Whether you're an independent or you're you know multi-location mid-market restaurant group, it's uh, every restaurant has labor issues and compliance issues within within their states. You need that stuff. So that and the other things um, and, th- and those two actually the products you can actually you actually don't need the point of sale. We actually sell those uh, independently. But everything else was was built in house. So we 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 have a huge engineering development team, product team is 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 has grown over the years and for continued to to build our own products and um, it's pretty amazing to see what they've done. Yeah, for sure. So talk to me about. Um so we talk about tech, right? Everyone knows that they need tech. Everyone has a tech stack. There's a lot of talk about tech stack and and all of that. Um, 
for me, it's just it, it's it, it's just a better, more efficient, more effective way of doing what we already do well or what we've done well for a while. And now, in in essence, we could do it better than we ever did before. You talk about you know managing key costs, and I want to I want to dig into here because um, <laughs> I always say uh, it, it's hard enough to run a business with one moving target, and uh, we were all stupid enough to enter an industry that has three moving targets. Uh, number one being revenue that we have no idea how much revenue we're going to make one day to the next. Um, I think in terms of like a factory, like a publisher, right? Like a printing press. A printing company knows how many books they have ordered, uh, how many different books, how many copies of the books. Like they know what their July looks like. They know what their August looks like because they have so many commitments lined up. They know that they're going to fill their factory 14 hours a day and they can then plan on bringing in the cost, you know, the goods that they need, you know, only the, the, the paper that they need, only the uh, the plastics and the, the dust jackets and the and the bindings that they need, not any extra, right? So they have their their revenue is is already basically locked in before they start the month. Uh, we don't. Ours is a moving target. We have no idea who's going to come in day to day. We're uh, infinitely affected by uh, the news and by the weather, things like that. So moving target number one. Moving target number two. Obviously, if revenue is uh, variable, our cost of goods sold are are then variable. Uh, we buy the food in the hopes that people will come in and buy that food. Um, that's another big problem. And the third one, obviously, being labor, is that we staff appropriately based on the business levels that we're uh, that we're we're guessing at, that we're forecasting. Uh, but that's the third moving target. So talk to me a little bit about. Because uh, I know that this has been a big piece to it. When you talk about sort of managing the expenses and the costs of running a successful business, uh, and now this is maybe where we tie in your own experience of being a restaurateur. But, but talk to me about sort of how you guys think about this and how Spot On uh, sort of works with that. Yeah. So those three key components are revenue, cost of goods, labor management. Um, yeah. I mean, those are really. Um, I mean that that is that's drilled down all the way, and we we think about uh, revenue as uh, obviously you trying to drive as much revenue in as possible, and so some of these tools with um, online ordering. I mean, I, let's think about first of all, a lot of people use online ordering for the the bit, you know whether I'm ordering pizza or Chinese, all these the typical things. But there's also opportunities with uh, with online ordering, especially with some at Spot On where it's commission free. There's no it's a one time subscription based. That's it. There's there's no extra fees on top of that. Where I have an opportunity to maybe make maybe I can make ten percent extra. Maybe it's something I can do to add on and generate more revenue at, at a very low cost, right? How many, if I, maybe I'm selling uh, coffee bags that don't expire or finding, you know, other things I can do and sell that are more predictable or I can make them predictable or, or don't spoil, like that's a revenue driver. Um, you know, getting getting more butts in seats, how do we do that? Obviously, it's the, the number one driver for, for restaurants, right? Um, is it through marketing? Sure, we have that. We do have marketing campaigns that are built into our system regarding data from 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 transactions, whether it's from online ordering or it's through uh, coming in in the restaurant. How, the various ways to be collected. Now I can build campaigns and I can I can send whether through email campaigns, whether it's daily, weekly, monthly, however you want to do it, and it's another good way to attract whether uh, new guests or. Uh, you know the loyal guests that your followers have been with you forever, you know. And one and one of our favorite and one of, and I'm just mentioning it a second ago is waitlist reservations. Can I get can I get people through and turntables faster? Right. And we have other tools with like handhelds and QR codes, a way to like get food to them faster. But some of it like having a really accurate waitlist system. Um, yeah. 
and having the ability to like communicate and and it integrates into the point of sale. We're the only ones that do that. The only yep. ones that actually a ho- you can come up to the host stand. You're going to get it. You're going to join the waitlist and when or have your reservation. And when you sit down, it is actually integrated into the point of sale. So there's communication between the the, the host desk and the the POS and the servers and the floor managers and everyone's on the same page. And that is an unbelievable uh, technology to have and ability to communicate on the floor in a super busy multi-room um, uh, facilities that are uh, patios and multi-levels. Like you can't have, it, it reduces labor cost. There's so many wins, right? I, I can go yeah, on, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's like revenue, right? And then, you know, of course, cost of goods. I mean, there's that's a moving target and it will never end. You know? Yeah, of I mean, course. We saw the worst of it. We saw the worst of it, and you know, and we don't necessarily work. Um, you know, one of the few things we don't do, that's we, but we use. That's where we rely on our integrated partners, obviously, with you know some of our best friends like Margin Edge, who are handling invoices and bringing in goods and yep. m- making sure it's integrated into the point of sale. We're getting product. Yep. So it's all these things like you have. Margin Edge is another is another partner here, another sponsor of the podcast. And again, uh, they are a sponsor on this podcast because I reached out to them because I think they are the best at what they do. And uh, I think you, I appreciate you bringing that up. I think uh, I think it's a one two punch for sure. Yeah, great friends of ours, and and I you know I think that's where when you start to really put all those pieces in kind of like tech stack. Like yeah, I mean it's a buzzword, but it's re- it needs to happen. Like you know we're we're slow to adapt in this business and. You know, it's time. Time is now. You can't. There's no more time to waste. Uh, and oh, what should I do? Or if I should do it, it's you got to do it. Yeah, so that's a big part yeah. of what I stress, and I and I talk about it in a education in an educational kind of consultative way. Um, and when I when I get to talk to our clients or prospects or people, you know, at the trade shows, whatever. And this is, I feel like the the core of of where we're at and what we want to be as a company. And um, you know, it's not jamming things down people's throats by this, by that. It's really being like, what works best for you? Well, and I think what's interesting is that you get, and I'm sure you know this when you talk about like, oh, a lead, you know, a lead is a restaurant owner out there who's uh, considering, you know, bringing something in. I think they fall into a couple different categories. Tell me if I'm wrong. It's like, there are people who have totally adopted it and like get it and see the benefit of it, right? There's people who know that they should do it. And they've heard that they should do it, and they're sort of like nervous about doing it. And then there's other people who are just like don't see the benefit of it a- at all. Like I, I sort of see them in in one of three camps. And I think the power of what you guys do is that um, it is sort of a, like an easy lift, uh, all things considered. Like yeah, it's something new. If you if you really don't have technology, which there are plenty of places. I just uh, worked with a client of mine to bring in a POS system, a computerized computer uh, POS system for the first time in their like 30 year life. They just they never bothered. They didn't need it. it it's like short order, you know, simple like handwritten dupes, and they rang it up at the register. Like they just haven't ever needed a computerized POS, you know. So you get people like on that on that end, um, and then people in the middle who are like, you know, feel like they're overwhelmed because they just hear from so many different things. And I think the fact that you guys have so much, so many of the solutions all there, uh, for me, that, that that's what I've always appreciated. Yeah, I mean, we we go into these meetings, you know, first time meeting people, and it, it's just questions. It's like, what you know, what's bothering you? What what what's mm-hmm. what's what do you need to improve? What what is what is it that you're missing? You know, what would you like to see more of? You know, all, all there's just some you know, we're just trying to absorb and trying to find and what what can we do to to make their 
you know, their world better, what can make their business more successful. And, you know, we have a slew of to- tools to do that. And, and again, we're, it's not like, okay, well, you gotta, uh, you gotta have online order, you gotta have this, you gotta have that. Now I got this, you know, big, uh, you know, software fee and I'm making a bunch of money. It's not like that. Cause not every restaurant's the same. They don't work the same. They have different segments. They're different cuisine types. They have different goals. They have different thought, like all these things. So, Yep. We do a really, really good job of listening and making sure that we build a system that's best for them. Pop Menu has reimagined the restaurant. They're breaking the mold of the menu, taking the kitchen doors off the hinges, and serving up their most comprehensive technology solution yet, Pop Menu Max. It comes with the previous ingredients you've heard me mention on this podcast. Websites designed with SEO, marketing tools to keep you top of mind with guests, and of course, the patented interactive menu technology. This new recipe brings automated phone answering, third-party online order aggregation, waitlisting, and more to the table. Pop Menu's phone answering technology has has your ringing phones covered. With artificial intelligence, the simple questions that keep your phone line tied up can now be handled without pulling a staff member from your in-person hospitality. No more missed reservations, asking for your hours, or missed revenue. And that's just the beginning. You have a passion for food. Pop Menu has a passion for technology. Together, it's a recipe for restaurant success. Now, even more digital ingredients are in their technology pantry, and Pop Menu is helping restaurants attract, engage, remarket, and transact with their guests on a whole new level. Trust me, if you're a restaurant owner, you need Pop Menu to take your business to the next level. For a limited time only, get $100 off your first month, plus you lock in one unchanging monthly rate. Go to popmenu.com slash restaurant strategy to claim the offer. That's $100 off your first month at popmenu.com slash restaurant strategy. As always, you'll find that link in the show notes. So talk to me again in the spirit of like, you get to peek behind the curtain in a bunch of different uh businesses. You get to speak to a lot of different operators um, at all different levels from all over the country. Um, Talk to me about some of the common threads about this day and age, right? Right now, today, what do the most successful places all have in common or the most, uh, most successful operators all have in common? Um, yeah, it's, oh my God, it's so hard to say. And it's funny that like, I also think about as, um, markets are different and what a successful restaurant looks like in Miami versus one looks like in St. Louis, you know, and, um, you know, and, but I, I think that, um, that they're, they're thoughtful from the very beginning and it's about knowing what, what am I good at? What, what can I actually do? You know, like, oh, mm-hmm. I, I, I know that a fine dining restaurant is has never been, you know, built in my suburb, but I don't really know anything about fine dining. I don't know yeah. anything about, <laughs> you know, a, a huge wine list or, you know, like, so maybe you shouldn't do that, you know, yeah. or I, I, like, it's kind of like understanding, like, what, what am I passionate about? What do I want to wake up and do every day? And I think those that are really honest and think about what they can actually accomplish is is a good starting point um and then get it down on paper you know you got to write it down you got to get a plan and you got to get that clear concept and 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 that is we just start to see like where people all start lining up like they and and without a good plan how are you going to raise money how you how are you going to prove yourself to if you can't sell it to some you know your friends and family how are you going to then scale it into something you're going to sell to a bank or get investors or whatever it is like you have to get these things down on paper and you and that's where you know you know you start to say okay now i'm and 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 be and understanding 
what you know locations and licensing and all the things that come with it and it becomes yep. uh, just generally the restaurant business is so complex and understanding all the things you don't know at all and you won't know it all from the beginning it takes you're going to learn I, I learn the hard way and most people do right so it's really about educating yourself um uh, you know leaning on partners um, leading on professionals that, that can help you kind of do get to those stages uh be a good listener go talk to other restaurant owners that kind of stuff and those are the ones i think that they don't come in with their chest puffed up and they know everything are the least successful it's the ones that are i think that's it and then they and then they learn to then build like this you know uh, how how do i now in 2023 in this decade like i get i'm gonna need technology to support my where where i'm at and i i know that I have all these challenges ahead of me. What can I do to make it easier on my life somehow or another? And, that, yeah. and those, again, I think that's where, yep, if you're in Miami or Seattle or Chicago, it's that's where it all starts to kind of come together and relying on their partners and not being, you know, being allowed them to do what they want to do, which is probably feed their guests and, you know, do, do the things that really they're passionate about and let the other things kind of come around to, to help them. Yeah, it's so funny. You remind me of something that I, I, I sort of spout uh, spout out all the time, which is that you got to figure out who has a problem you're uniquely qualified to solve, right? And I, and I think when we do that, I always say there's two ways to market a restaurant. Number one, you figure out something you want to do, right? You create a product and then go try and find an, you know, find a customer. Or you look for a group of customers that need something and then just craft the product, craft the solution that they need. Um, by far in this industry, we're really guilty of doing the first, and the most successful companies in the world do the second. So I think if we got really good, uh, to your point, uh, of looking around a market and saying, hey, who needs something? Who needs something that I'm uniquely qualified to provide? Again, if you don't work in fine dining, if you're not familiar with that, I don't think that's something you should do. But you can find something that your market, your community, your neighborhood needs. So I, I, I could not I could not agree more. And then <laughs> I'm always reminded of that Jim Collins thing, right? That Jim Collins wrote the the book Good to Great. And he talks about the hedgehog concept. It's a Venn diagram of three um, three overlapping circles. And he says, you know, uh, what are you deeply passionate about? What will people pay you for, right? And, and what do you what can you be the best in the world at? And the Venn diagram, right, where you should be is that where all three circles overlap, right? What are you deeply passionate about? What will people pay you for? And what can you do better than anyone else in the world? And I think if you if you sort of start with that, let that be your north star in the beginning. I think that would uh, that would help a lot of people who are starting who are starting restaurants for sure. Talk to me about so when you have these early conversations. So we're talking about you know uh, starting a restaurant, right? And obviously you opened, you've started a bunch of restaurants. Um, how do those early conversations go? I mean, somebody picks up the phone, so they, they've got an idea, they've raised some money, and they say, okay, well now, I know I need POS, so they go and they do some research. Eventually they wind up on the phone with, with you guys. How does that conversation go? I know you said a minute ago, it just starts by asking a lot of questions. Is that is that really how that conversation begins? Yeah, honestly, I think our most successful people that are out there, you know, our, our salespeople are just curious and uh, want to know like what it is, you know, um, you know, if you're, you know, what, and if it's a new restaurant, maybe it's not been open yet. And you, you know, you're finding like, well, what's the concept? Are you guys going to be relying on 
you know, as a counter service, okay, well, let, we have, this is probably how we start to shape things. Or, or are you, you know, fine dining, you have a huge patio, maybe you need to incorporate handhelds or, you know, or you're just a big brewery and, oh yeah, well, we have this great solution where you have QR codes that can be put on tables and, you know, it's a big expansive space. You don't have, can't have a bunch of servers, right? Um, so it's really kind of getting to know that, that concept and really understanding like what they're, you know, what they're doing. It's, it's, um, it's it's always the best place to start and then we can build build the um the system around them and what what is and make and, and obviously make suggestions and things like oh i never even thought about um yep. maybe in a feature like or i never even thought about that i would need a waitlist reservation system um i don't i don't I'm not going to go reservations well you don't need that you need you are uh, probably you're gonna have very you oh you said you want to have a busy brunch and you want to turn a lot you want to have that th- elusive third turn you know, like, well, you probably need a super accurate waitlist system, and we can provide that for you. That's integrated in the point of sale. You know, yeah. we even have a cool new feature I should mention um, that it's called Seat and Send. We just released this thing, and this is like amazing. So, imagine there's a couple scenarios, but the one I like is where uh, you know we're going in. I have children, right, and we go into to a restaurant, and they're cranky and they're hungry. And there's a 20-minute wait list, right? So I'm like, ah, oh, God, geez, I can't wait. These kids are going to, they got to eat. When you go and check in, they actually send you, uh, I'll put my name in, uh, I put my, take my phone number. And what they end up doing is they send a text message to me. It says, thank you for waiting. It'll be 20 minutes or whatever the wait list is. And then they'll say uh, in there, uh, there's a link to the menu. If you want to pre- uh, pre-order, you can have that. So when we seat you at your table, We'll actually fire the food and it'll be sent to your table, speeding up the whole thing. So now I, I'm walking over my cranky kids. I put in uh, some chicken fingers and some whatever I needed to keep them happy, some yeah. chips and guac, and boom, what do you know? I sit down and within two, you know, within as the operations go, within just a couple minutes, I have food at the table or I have, yep. you know, ice, ice cold, non watered down margaritas waiting for me. Like that's, yeah, yeah. and now I've, I've reduced that whole time from, the server comes to t- touch the table and say hello and go through the specials and answer questions. I'm already starting. I've already yeah. begun the journey, you know, and like that, that's those are the kind of cool things that we've kind of thought through and thought about from guest experience. Um, you know, what, what, how does it improve, you know, uh, drive rev- more revenue, turn more tables, all those things like, and it's just these little nuances. Cause sometimes, like I said, with that third, that third turn, you know, how do you, how do you get that? Yeah. Well, yeah, Certain amount of time, certain amount of tables, you know, you got to get them isn't in there that, somehow. Isn't that so cool? So as you say it, as you explain it, um, I've never seen that happen. Um, I've seen other things. What's the, um, in Chicago, they got the deep dish, the uh, Luminati's, is that yeah, yeah. the name? Where they seat you and say, you know, you, you come in and say, hey, table for four. They're like, yeah, it'll be about 45 minutes. Uh, here's the menu. Why don't you place your order for the pizza now? Pizza takes about 45 minutes. And so you look at the menu for five or ten minutes. You place the order. By the time you get seated, it's there like five or ten minutes later. It's like I saw that, I don't know, ten years ago. And I was like, that's absolute uh, genius. Right. Um, but what you just described, I've never seen before, and it makes uh, such absolute sense. And I always say that um, the guests want what we want. Uh, on the restaurant side, right? Like, like we want them to spend more money, but in the end, they want to spend more money too. Like, we want them to come and eat and be gone so we can turn the table. And guess what? For the most part, that's also what they want. 
and right. it, you know, uh, there's just total alignment there if we if we if we let ourselves right. We say, oh, well, no one wants to be rushed. It's like, no, sometimes they do. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. No, no one wants to be parted with their money. It's like, no, sometimes they do. Like when I'm going out to celebrate, like I'm here to celebrate. I've I've already budgeted for this. I'm I'm ready to spend some money, and so these tools are allows. I, I love it the way you describe it. There, it makes absolute sense. Yeah, it's it's a fun thing, and and I think that it allow it just it gives a, again it's giving the restaurant options and giving them things that could be beneficial to them. Some some restaurants might not want that or need that, and that's fine. That's how you run, want to run your business, you know. So, but let's talk about that because I am convinced, right? So they always say progress only moves in one direction. Like we are only going one way. And technology, as big as it is now, I think is still nowhere near what it's going to be. I think the industry is going to be profoundly different five years from now than it is right now. And all the debates we've had about, uh, to, you know, to, to incorporate the tech stack or not, I think people are going to laugh at them in five years that we ever hesitated on handhelds, right? I still deal with this. You know, I don't want handhelds at a fine dining restaurant. Why? Keeps your staff on the floor. Keeps you, unless we're talking about a, a super, you know, three Michelin star, where a captain never picks up a piece of paper, captain never leaves the dining room, fine. But most fine dining, the captain still has to take the uh, the order and then go somewhere and deliver it. But then they're away from all of their tables. They're away if somebody needs something. We talk about that high level of service. I'm like, I just I think that I think we're gonna get over that really quick. It's it's funny that there's even a hesitation now when you look at what it does to uh, increase check averages and table turn times. It's like a no brainer. The data is so so solid. I'll let you tell me data in a minute, but like the data I've seen is so clear. Why why we're resistant on that or uh, QR ordering or you know any of these things? I think it's only gonna move in one direction. Obviously, you work for a restaurant tech company. You, you must believe the same, that, that these tools are there to benefit people. But what would you say to people that are still sort of like hanging on the edge, like resisting, dragging their, dragging their feet? Because you've seen firsthand the benefit, sort of what this can do to restaurants. So what would you say to people who are sort of like dragging their feet on some of these things? Yeah, I mean, it's it's funny because you even go back to like, let's go back 15 years ago where just like, you know, even thinking about you know, ordering cases of food. Like we would have never thought about the way, oh, I would, I wouldn't, I, I only fax it. My, my vendor will only take faxes. Yeah. They're like, I'm going to hang on by a thread. To like, I, I'm going to call and leave a voicemail. And you're like, wait, what? Yep. We did that? Oh yeah, we did that. And we yep. held on for dear life to do that. And you know what? Now everyone has very organized systems. You go in and you can even text, you can do like very con, like the way we work every day yep. send an email it's, and, it's better and just to be did, clear it's it, better yeah, now <laughs> yeah, it's better now right and so it's like so if my server spends more time in front of my guests or the captains whatever That's they're right. probably going to strike up more conversations they yep. might actually get that third glass of wine that yep. adds another 15 percent on my on top of my bill uh they might be able to answer the questions they might you know build loyalty Make them feel yeah. like they're special, and they're like, you know what? Every time I have a birthday or I have a special guest in town, I'm taking them here because these yeah. guys know how to take care of them because they're around, and not like oh, uh, waving someone down. So, and if if it's a tool like a handheld that can do that, okay, well, why not consider it? Or just put one in the hand. Just you know, we we didn't go for some sometimes be like, let's give it a shot. Doesn't work. All right, fine. But at least you started to think about. 
adapting and think like give it a give it a give it a college try right and think think about what that actually means and you know what's funny yeah. is that we actually then do that and we can i don't say we convince them but we sell it upon that but they're like you know what okay this is actually i get it the only way yep. to give it we'll do it and then what do you know they went from three handhelds to five handhelds to seven right. handhelds you know and it's amazing that they're like they Ultimately, start to adapt and, and they do it. yeah yeah you know what's really interesting is that the restaurant as we know it I, I give so many talks about this intersection of hospitality and tech, about how we can use technology to actually make better guest experiences and all that. But the restaurant that we now have now, when I say, hey, let's go out to a restaurant, the, the experience you imagine, the experience that uh, all the listeners are imagining, was basically invented 250 years ago. Restaurants before that were very, very different. And yet it's so uh, all-encompassing that we can't imagine something else. But it hasn't been around that long. And I always sort of challenge people. I say, close your eyes and imagine all the things you hate about the dining experience and think if there's ways to make it better. You just explained it. Hey, we put you on the wait list. We give you a link to the menu. You order and the food is auto-fired when you sat. Like, that's a no-brainer. That's better, what you just described. That's better than the experience that I knew yesterday. Today I know it. Yesterday I didn't know it. It's better. Right? The fact that somebody could be on a handheld, they always say, like, half the night, half a waiter's night is spent either copying stuff down or regurgitating that into a computer. So what if we could just cut that time in half? We, we now no longer need them to regurgitate something in a computer. And they could just be there, take the order, they step away from the table, they hit send, and they're just ready to go to the next table. They're ready to greet the next table. They're ready to get another glass of wine or explain the menu or just touch base and make conversation. We've now freed them up because we've taken three, five, eight minutes out of their life, especially, we all know this, you ran restaurants, uh, an eight top, a 10 top, a 12 top. It takes so long to take a 10 tops order. It takes even longer to put a 10 tops order in with all the modifications. I gotta hit messages and know this, sub that, all that, like, it's just, better what we have. And I think if we challenge ourselves, and I always say challenge the, our tech partners. So I, when I talk to owners and operators, I say, if there's something you don't like, if there's something you need, then challenge your tech partner to deliver that so that right. it becomes what you need. Because ultimately, that's what you want. You want to create solutions. You sort of said this a minute ago. You want to create solutions that they need. And they. I want them to feel empowered to say, hey, this is what I think would be really cool in the dining experience. Because guess what? If they want it, I'm sure 500 other restaurants other restaurants want it. It's like we, we can make a better guest experience than the one that was invest, invented 250 years ago uh, before the internet. <laughs> Right. Yeah. No, and that's where we bring in our restaurant advisory council and our brand ambassadors because they're the ones, you know, the advisory council even more so because they are the very, but n not to separate them, but they're because they're all restaurant owners and operators, right? And I don't care if you have one small independent restaurant or you have 50 of them. And th they all have the same needs, right? But we we really lean on them to help us be, they're the ones put, punching the buttons and running the food and yep. cooking the, you know, making the drinks and doing it every day. And we go to them, we lean on them and say, what do we, what is it that we're missing? What is it, what is going to make your business better? Because just it. like you said, if it's going to help them, it's got to help, you know, thousands of all or others. Yep. And that's, and we, we as a we're, we love to listen. We we want to get you know hear their voice, um, uh, talk to them. I mean, even today I was on I was on a call 
uh, with one of our advisors, and as he, he called, we had set uh, scheduled meetings. We just try to meet up as much as we can, and he was. And we were talking about a, a previous like group. We had this giant, you know, advisory council meeting, and we were catching up about it. And he was talking about handhelds in particular, and that he would never use them in his restaurant because he's fine, fine dining and this, this. But he, but there's this thing about like what he he because he goes out to other restaurants and he thinks about this whole thing about. It's like, well, what if there was, like, you know, suggestive selling? What if I was standing there and I and someone ordered something? Right? I need to like add, you know, uh, I need to move uh, extra cases of this one particular vodka that my beverage director, you know, foolishly bought because he was going to get something else, right? So how do I do that? How, so can I incorporate technology to re, like, or and even to a handheld right at the point of time where I'm having to make a decision to do that? And I'm like, oh man, geez, that's so brilliant, you know, like hundred percent. I would never thought about that because I don't. I'm not working in restaurants every day. Then he's I, doing I it. And he's it. like, oh yeah. How do I move all that? You know, how do I move well, all that he, butter butter rum? You know, whatever. That's you know? right. <laughs> it's, so like, <laughs> it's so great. But here's the thing: ten years ago, the companies that we worked with in, in restaurants, right? As an operator, you were, you know what? Ten years ago, you were an operator, right? Um, we didn't have this connection to them. And, and I know, I ran restaurants for a long time. We didn't have that relationship with them. Ten years ago, we couldn't say, hey, it would be really cool if dot, dot, dot. Now we can, like to your point, right? Like you've got your advisory council. They're like, you know, it'd be cool, dot, dot, dot. And then you go make it. Like we, we can do that whether you're on an advisory council or not. Every operator, every owner um, has the agency, I think, to be able to demand more of the people they work with, because again, ultimately, you're just doing it better. So 10 years ago, 20 years ago, we just ran the restaurant the way that restaurants were designed 250 years ago, and never stopped to think, hey, why do we do it this way? And is there a better way? Can, can, we, can we do this better? Ultimately, I think we can continue to do it better because we've got so many challenges in our in our business, and we hear nothing but complaints from our people. And guess what? We're not only merchants on the restaurant side, but we're also customers because we too go out to eat. So we know the things that drive us crazy. The things that drive us crazy also drive our customers crazy. So how can right. we be better at that? I think there's such a cool time to be in this industry right now. Yeah, yeah, I agree, and I. Yeah, and that's kind of that was my main reason for exiting, and it's it's, yep. it's, full, it's completely selfish. And then I knew that there yep. could be a way to to move move the needle and really build, be part of a, a movement, so to speak, uh, to build things that and change the industry, like and really for all for the best. And yep. from yep from an owner's perspective, from um, uh, an employee's perspective, really, there's so much change that needs to be done there. And obviously a guest ex experience like that, you know, we've, we've gone through like this crazy, you know, ups and downs over the last three or four years. And, uh, and we're going through, we're going through all these changes, you know, do I tip on, uh, was that a, the, the article this week with, or last week with, do I tip on coffee? Do I not tip on coffee? Yeah. Like all this stuff, <laughs> like, oh my God, like, what do we do? But these are the, yeah. these are the big questions that need to be answered. Yeah. Well, for, first, ask is, is this what yep. we want to do? hundred percent. Two, what what is the what is the answer? And not, uh, you know, I, no one really knows the answer, and we can't. I, I'm not really sure what that what how it'll end up, but well, but we're we'll starting see. the conversation, which is key. You know, one of the things that has driven me crazy uh, up until about a year or two ago, 
we sort of lumped all restaurants in together. We're still a little guilty of that, right? That like, oh, the restaurant industry. It's like, <laughs> oh, come on. There's quick service. There's fast casual. There's full service. There's fine dining. There's big chains. There's restaurant groups. There's small independents. There's like now food trucks and food halls and like... There is no one size fits all. Like there's like when we say, oh, the restaurant industry, like it's very, very different. Now I sort of have to qualify like what part of the industry I work in or the people that I mainly work with. To to your point. And what I think is cool is that now we're starting to get different solutions for different needs. Because again, we're identifying different challenges. The challenges that exist. And you said it a minute ago, um, you know, at a big brewery. Right, big brewery needs one kind of solution. Uh, I'm I'm helping to open the 600 seat restaurant, uh, 600 seat restaurant within a brewery uh, down in uh, South Carolina that'll open next year. Like, I'm sorry, they can't have 40 waiters on the on the floor or 35 waiters. They just cannot. Um, so the solutions we're exploring for them are such that that have uh, pursued us and you know have had us pursuing in certain directions. Um, and that's true of all their places because they're doing really sort of interesting, innovative things with that company. Um, but now we're starting to have to talk about different solutions. Well, the fast casual, you know, or the the uh, the full service restaurant with a big patio. Hey, it's it's perfect for the handhelds. The big brewery that can't possibly employ that many people. Hey, let's talk about our QR solution. There's and now we're finally having these conversations, which is uh, which is really cool to me. Scott, talk to me. We were talking about sort of the common threads between successful restaurants, and you were talking about having a plan in place and all of that. Um, talk to me about the flip side now, because again, you get to talk to a lot of different people, and you see uh, a lot of success stories, but you also see people struggling. So talk to me about some of those common threads. W what do the struggling restaurants all have in common, and, and how, how, to get them, how to get them out of that place? Um, well, you know, I think one of them is really kind of a set trying to get a, a fair assessment, maybe even a third party, someone like yourself to come in and be like, Hey, what's, what's going on here? Like it, it maybe I need a clean set of eyes, you know, to, to kind yeah, of perspective because the perspective and really understand like, well, Hey, I mean, wh what is it? Where, where am I failing? Cause sometimes you just get so in your head. Right. Um, I, I see most, most often, is this you know we call like tech bloat this this idea that like i have way too many vendors i'm trying i have too many things and nothing's actually talking to each other nothing mm -hmm. nothing's working in my favor and so i can't really assess my business right i don't have reporting is not right um you know the i don't know how many covers i'm actually doing and i to tell where whether or not i'm you know am i am i is my cover count right? Does it match up with my sales? And could I, do I need to improve my my check average or my servers? Not you know like all these things you know. But like yeah. if they're not talking, um, then how do you actually know? You know like what? Yeah. Where am I? So and I think most of it is just because they just either one they maybe they just don't even have it. But if they too they just did all these other things like well I know I need a point of sale, and then I think I'm going to do online ordering. So yeah I'll go get an online ordering thing and then I'll. Oh wait, uh, yeah, I'm gonna need. Uh, oh, I gotta have good reporting, cause, you know. And you start to like yep. now, have like five, six, seven vendors. Like, oh man, what did I do? Easily, and if, easily. And if they these, come back these days. around, yeah. If they come back around and and goes back to like what makes a successful one is that like a thoughtful plan and thinking about who the technology partner that could actually do all of those things for me, and and kind of streamlining things and f just integrating my whole entire system. Um, 
So that's that's one, especially we, that's what we come a, come across a lot. Um, managing costs, obviously, is like I don't even. It's hard to even say what's because cash flow and all the things that actually make a business like keeps the business and keeps the lights on, keeps yep. the employee the employees paid. Um, if you're not managing cost of goods, if you're not managing labor costs, I mean, you're done. I mean, I don't. Oh, you know, those are the, those are the three big. Uh, it's one of the things that we talk about. So you know, perspective and objectivity is you know, as a coach, you know, I work with I don't know at this point, I don't know eighty, ninety different restaurants uh, across my various masterminds that I run, and I always talk about the, the three moving targets: revenue, cogs, and labor. You need a plan for hitting the revenue targets you need to hit, and then you need a plan for keeping, especially labor and cogs, tethered to that revenue number. They all move together, and when they don't move together, that's where we start getting problems. Right? This way, if revenue goes up, cogs can go up. If revenue goes down, cogs have to go down. Same thing with labor. Understanding where's our, you know, where's the level of level of labor for the level of revenue that we have. You know, it's it's like going to get your mortgage. You don't start looking at houses and then go ask the bank for a mortgage. You ask the bank how much you can get a mortgage for before you start looking at houses. Otherwise, you're gonna break your you're gonna break your heart. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. And and we talk about like. Even if you want to really get drilled down into, and maybe, and I'm sure you talk about too, about cost of goods and you know building the proper menu, one that you can actually you can actually cook or you can actually pour and mix or whatever yep. with yep. food or beverage menus. Can I actually do that? Can I uh, can I get the ingredients at the right cost and in the right time of season and all and 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 if I need to make changes, do I have the creativity? Do I have the staff that can pivot and make those things while still maintaining my concept and not. You know, not just following trends just because, oh, you know, Ube is like amazing and everyone's putting on the menu right now. I'm like, I don't even know what Ube <laughs> is. You know, like I think yeah. people want it, or, or, you know, but that doesn't fit my barbecue restaurant. I mean, yeah. maybe, I don't know. But, yep. you know, and I think that's where you know, people start to like try new things and that's cool and trying to specials and it's great. But like, you know, you really, is it, it has to stay within your, as you say, they all work together. Yeah, I can't just go out and buy expensive steaks just because I think people want expensive steaks. It just doesn't. Yep. Not going to buy them. Now you just wasted a bunch of money. So yep. it, we live and die by these narrow margins. We always say, right, most other industries have a built-in 20, 30, 40% profit margin. And ours uh, has less. I mean, 10 if we're lucky, 20 if we really know what we're doing. Um, what um, What else as far as... As far as sort of struggling places, is that is that sort of that sort of it? The the ones that succeed sort of solve that thing. Is there anything else? Anything else uh, that you see? Yeah, I mean, I mean, maybe just a dr- little bit more about labor. I know the it's such a hot topic with you know rising costs and, and just from a, a per minimum wage perspective or the eighty twenty rule and all these you know different states and other things. But um, uh, we 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 hear that more and more and more how we going how are we going to fix it how are we going to manage it better and uh i mean again it all comes back to having the right tools at your uh at your fingertips um i I really feel like our 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 solution spot on teamwork is is one that puts it all together you know from the scheduling and and having be able to because it's tied into my point of sale and tied into my sales i can actually forecast i can 
I can look at my schedule and know how many servers, how many bar, line cooks need to be on it from every hour during my in my set of operation hours of operations too. And then my managers can control that because now it's in real time and I'm getting that data and I'm yeah. able to say, okay, all these things kind of coming together. I can shave a little bit here, but I'm not affecting the guest experience. Um, you know, and then I'm also building schedules that are within my the compliance. I'm not going to get sued or something terrible. Or someone's going to come back and or I'm not paying. I got to pay people the right amount. You know, and then how does it easily come together on payroll day? Yeah. Am I going to yep. spend two hours trying to edit everything or figure it out and, yeah. <laughs> and maybe you know affects all the other stuff? So then you know, and then when I then it directly connects to my payroll company, and and it's a huge that cost for me went from you know with the average was usually about like 30% almost like in places like San Francisco it's like pushing 45 50% and yeah. that's running thin that's running lean that's not even yeah. so I, you know yeah, that's, that, it's, that's it's crucial all of my california uh, all of my california clients we work really hard to get them to about 38 38 seems about as low as i can get uh, my california restaurants right now it's it's such right. a it's such a challenging place to uh, run a restaurant for sure. So, okay. So we're coming. Uh, we're coming close to the end of our time together. Um, talk to me. Obviously, we've talked a lot about uh, spot on. Started as a POS. Got all these other things sort of under the hood that sort of work uh, in concert. Um, what else is going on? What's sort of what's new to report? What, what are you guys really excited about now? Um, yeah, and I, I think I've touched on a few of them, and I, things that I'm most excited about is, is really like the um, it's just this the the things that we we continue to see and um, and hear from our hear from our clients and hear from the restaurant owners and operators and the servers the bartenders about what they need and continuing to uh, to to think about what is what is what do they need and then build those things and and we're um, our our product team is. Is, has been very good at, at listening and doing that and working towards doing that. Um, so I, I feel very confident that's the future we have and, um, you know, always being stable and always being reliable. And I mean, and I think, you know, another thing that really sets us apart and I think that we, we're always getting better and we're going to continue to be is being very service oriented. We're in a people business. Um, the high, high service standards are, are demanded from guests to operators and operators to vendors just like us and we should do that so we we spent a lot of time a lot of money um making sure that our clients are well taken care of and i think that that that, that is our future and that we will we will continue to be one to to be there and support uh locally have you know someone to pick up the phone uh help them through any challenges they may have um whether it's hardware issues or just like oh man i'm just just not hitting my numbers. Like, who do yeah. I who do I go to? How do I figure that out? Um, and, we, and we have people there to do that with with experience. So I, I see that's where we're we're going with future. Sure, yes, or you know, our CPO, you know, or any of our, our CEOs or any of our leadership. I'm sure they have their ideas too, what they want to do and what they want where they want to be. Um, those are the things that I'm hoping for, and, and I see for the future. Spot on. Yeah, I love it. Awesome. All right. Uh, I always ask uh, guests on the show uh, the same five questions. Are you cool to answer my five questions? I hope so, yes. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're really easy. They're a bunch of softballs. Ready? Uh, first one, what's the last great meal you had? Last great meal I had. Um, I cook a lot at home because, obviously, I'm chef background. Um, so I... 
God. What it was the I can't remember the last time I went out to eat now that I think about it. It could be the last meal you cooked, something you had man. Somebody have talked about like the uh the little um like a little wrap they got from the uh, the street cart down the street, like it, whatever. What's the last great meal you had? So I had, so I had, uh, you know, actually here it is. Uh, so the last great meal I had was on Fourth of July, and we okay. had a friend, friend, uh, friends, uh, family friends came over. All the kids are running around, and and it was one of those uh, uh, moments where I was like, you know what? We every year I always get this thing around Thanksgiving that like, why do we cook the same foods on these same days? And I like tradition. I'm not trying to be anti-tradition but i was like do we really have to have hot dogs and hamburgers and all the you know the whatever the traditional american food is for it's like so i made this more of a you know as as kind of one of my go-to's is like mediterranean more like spreads and dips and everything's light and you know acidic and everything eat by the hand and you know but so it felt yeah. very like summery and that and you know good wines to pair and uh, and I think everyone was just like, yes, this is exactly what we wanted. We didn't want the, the fatty hamburgers yeah, yeah, yeah. with <laughs> mustard and ketchup dripping onto my shirt, you know, kind of for the yeah. July. Nice. I love that. Okay. Uh, second question. What's the last great hospitality touch you've had? I think it was, I think what I, what I like is, um, we, there's a, a pizza place that, and this is a, a pizza place that's just like, uh, I can easily I can I can just order, and it's always like it's always on time, like it's it's perfectly timed. And I feel like having I know exactly what I'm gonna get, and I feel like that is just like comforting, and I feel like that they 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 make me feel good because I know if I make the order now and 20 minutes from now it's gonna be ready and it's gonna be hot and I can pick it up and I can bring it home to my family and it's like it's good, and and that. There's no, there's no guessing. I feel like that's a big part of hospitality. I love it. Consistency. I think it's a good consistency. Yeah, the consistency. I love it. Great. Uh, third question. If a genie came down and granted you just one wish, you don't get three, you just get one. Uh, if, it, if they grant you one wish as it relates to the restaurant industry, what would it be? What would you wish for? Um, free wine for everyone. No, I don't know. That's <laughs> <a> <laughs> uh, the, the, all my, well, my winery friends are, are going to be pissed at me for having to give away. A, um, I, you know, I, I think you see these signs all over the place, like be kind and be, be patient and all that. And, and, and I do, I feel like sometimes I feel that's like a cop out. Cause I feel like maybe they're just not, they don't know how to run the restaurant. Right. Um, yeah. but I, I do, <laughs> but that's maybe being mean, but I think that honestly, I think it's really just being, you know, it is that, um, that everyone just be, that is we do need to understand that these there are these are people running these are people yep. ran businesses and we should just be be um be fair and be and from an employer's perspective and employee like everyone should just understand like we, we're in this together and that's and if we can just be do it that one way and be be fair with each other then we're going to just be a better industry in the end i love that uh great uh, number four, uh, I think we sort of covered this, but I just want to hammer it home because I always ask this question. Uh, what would you tell someone who's about ready to open their first restaurant? The, to, re to get ready. <laughs> Be prepared for everything, for everything that you had prepared and that, I, that I've been talking about for the last hour. So to write it down and, get and have a business plan that know at, after the first day of being open, half that plan is going to be to throw it away. Good. Be, be flexible it. and know that it's, 
it's you have to you have to adapt, evolve, and be flexible because yeah. not everything is you can't pre- can't prepare for everything. Yeah, I love that. Great. All right, last question. Um, tell me about the future of restaurants. You, I'm sure, spent a lot of time uh, doing this anyway, but uh, I want you to look just five years down the line and tell me something that's coming that other people uh, may not see coming. I mean, I'm sure if you were at the NRA show, everyone's predicting AI, and AI is probably predicting AI is going to be the, the, the future. Um, I, I think it's just simple as a, a more uh, more adaptation to to technology, just more reliance on it in all the most positive ways. Um, yep. Um, and that that is, it's going to be a full adoption and understanding that I can't, I can't run a restaurant without. I think the restaurant five years from now will be so different from the restaurant five years ago that, that it will have very little to do with that model we talked about 250 years ago. So I, I, I tend to agree with you. I think it's changing really fast for the better if we let it, if we continue to shape it for the better. Um, Scott, I appreciate you taking the time to sit and chat with me. Uh, tell people uh, where can they go to learn more about Spot On. Obviously, our spoton.com, a very uh, huge website, has everything you need to know about our company. Um, yeah. We are we're running. Uh, believe we're running some some really nice specials for those that have joined and listened. Where uh, it's online ordering will be uh, uh, without a cost to any of the listeners, I think, and for anyone who's uh, joining Spoton for the rest of this year. So, get out and get some um, get online ordering added to your to your account or sign up if you haven't already um it's a great way to you know boost revenue and get some more guests um and uh i don't know linkedin all the facebook all the good spots great we'll put all those links in the show notes um scott i appreciate you being here appreciate you taking the time any final words of wisdom before i let you go uh, you know, just just remember, look, if you're starting a new restaurant, it's a complex world. It's 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 lean on your partners, understand what you're trying to do um, and, and, you know, let that passion fit into the right spot. Right. And then obviously technology, technology, technology. You can't live without it. Even if it's in a little bit, you got to have some of it. Um, and so, you know, re- rely again on doing your research and doing the things that need to be done to to get her. To, to be a good place to go eat and attract as many guests as you can. Yeah, perfect. Uh, listen, Scott, great conversation. I appreciate you taking the time. Thank you so much, and I will talk to you later. Thanks, Chip. So once again, I want to thank Scott for taking time out of his day to sit and chat with me. All of the links are in the show notes. If you want to learn more about uh, Spot On, their POS system, all the solutions they have, uh, I urge you to get in touch with them. I love the company. I love the product uh, that they've got. Again, I want to thank you for taking time out of your day to sit and chat with me. If you want to learn more about the Mastermind, I'm always talking about it, but we're always fielding calls. Please set up a free call, restaurantstrategypodcast.com slash schedule. We'll get to learn more about you and your restaurant. You'll learn more about the program we run. We'll see if you're a good fit for the program. Again, I appreciate you being here and I will see you next time.